Welcome to episode eight of Don't Listen to Us. My name is Sean King. And I'm Melissa King. Thank you guys very much for joining us here. It is Sunday, May the 6th. It is a beautiful day outside. And I have, now that I'm ever, ever so happily married to this most beautiful woman, um, <laughs> I'm, and, and we have this, this lovely home here on the Sunshine Coast in a town called Gibson's, I have learned I'm doing yard work today. <laughs> Not all day. I never had to do yard work before. You could watch me do yard work and You're you could very just hot sit back and relax. Yeah, you wear little, little, t- little tight shorts and little tight pants and little tight outfit. And well, you mow. like to use the weed whacker. I love the weed. I don't know why I love yes. the weed whacker. Yeah, guys like weed whackers. Really? Guys in general? It must be a destruction thing, you but know, it, knock it down. But that being the case, why wouldn't, why wouldn't we like lawnmowers more? No. Lawn mowing is different. Oh. Lawn mowing, you get into like the zen of lawn mowing. Really? Whereas with weed whacking, you pick a spot and, you're, and you know, it's just a different, it's more violent than lawn mowing for some reason. I think, I think for me, lawn mowing, because remember, I've been a city kid my entire life, so I'm not used to any of this hard labor type stuff. <laughs> I've never had grass to mow on a regular, the last time I mowed grass on a regular basis was on the farm back home in Nova Scotia. And even then, it was a push mower for like an acre of grass. Right. It was fucking awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still remember that day, Dad came home, this this big truck pulled up, <clears throat> springtime. Dad had gone off in the morning, and he came back, and this big truck was following him. And the big truck said, John Deere, in the side of it. And the guy gets out of the truck, he goes in the back, and they start rolling off this stuff. Because Dad had one of those... Uh, Riding mowers or riding machines, but it was one of the ones that had different attachments on it. Yeah, and so, so that's right. Dad had bought this this riding machine, and it came off the back of the truck. I was like, "Oh my god, it's so cool!" You know, green and yellow little mini tractor. And then the guy pulls off this this box, and the box said um, uh, "snowblower," and oh, that's kind of cool. And he pulled out another box, and it said "dump truck." And it was actually a little dump truck mechanism yeah. for the front of the, the John Deere. And he pulled off another one that was a rototiller so Dad could drag it behind the, the little tractor and, and till the, this is the coolest thing ever. Yes. And I'm watching all the stuff come up and snowplow. There's a snowplow on it, a snowblower, a snowplower. I'm like, this is going to be so good. This is going to be great. And, and then that was it. There was nothing uh. else. Dad signed some papers and off he went. Uh. And I'm looking at this, like, six different things on the ground and my dad's going, what are you looking at? Where, where's the where's the mower attachment? What do I need a mower attachment for? I got you. Oh, fuck. Oh, geez. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, that's just kind of. He uh, saved himself like 400 bucks on the on the riding mower attachment because he's got a son. And, and, and literally, it was a push mower. It wasn't electric. It wasn't oh, gas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a fucking push mower. Oh, you mean like one of those like back and forth little push mowers. With the blade thing. Oh my, for an acre. Yes. Oh, that is just It was brutal. And the worst part was because of those things, they're, they're only powered by your arms, that if the grass got even like one centimeter too long, it, it was would take hard. you always oh, really, really hard. Yeah. So I was I was mowing like I was mowing every two or three days. It was just fucking awful. Yeah. Oh, Sean. So that's why I don't like mowing. Well, my mower, the one here, yes. has even uh, uh, you can one of the levers. The mower goes on its own. Like if you want, if you need to go uphill or anything, you so don't you just have let to. it go. Well, I mean, you can feel it's like a gear, I guess. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. 
Um, again, don't listen to us, but send us emails uh, on air. Sorry, wrong wrong email address. DLTU at YML.me. DLTU at YML.me. And just before we started the show, my lovely, beautiful wife um, is oddly vain about this kind of stuff and wanted me to check to see if we've got any other reviews. I'm just curious. So I'm checking on the iTunes could... store and uh, reviews and ratings. Oh, oh, we got another one. Woo! Uh, from Sarah Tompkins. Oh. I'm really addicted to this show, even <laughs> though I think I make a better partner for Lisa, Melissa than Sean. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. I'm not, I'm not reading the rest of this. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> But she loves me way more than him, so I'm happy. Yeah, not uh, even close to it. Uh, That's what Sean gets for missing my email on the last show. They're really good at roasting those ridiculous things. People write to them. I really love that part. Good way to spend an hour. Keep going for a long time, you two. Thank you oh, very much, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. So you're writing love. these reviews not for me. You're writing them for my wife. Oh. She, she, she needs the affirmation. I do. You really I'm do. I'm really insecure. Well, you know what? I, and having been doing this for 25 years, I will admit I did the same thing. Oh, you did. When I was first starting podcasting, yeah, yeah I checked like hourly. But you have to tell me negative ones. You it's, seem to be hesitant to tell me negative one, and, I, and I'm cool. I, I'm, I, you know, I like constructive criticism as long as it's not mean. See, that's the problem. The vast majority of criticism on the inter- interwebs is negative, non-constructive. And oh. I know from experience, again, from not only you but other people I've podcasted with. You can get a hundred comments to say that you're fantastic, but you get one that says you're an idiot and you're destroyed. Yeah, your week is shot. Really, it really is. It's it's a very interesting aspect of human nature that I've noticed in this in this regard that those negative comments, whether they be on Twitter or Facebook or uh, reviews, just completely destroy. Even though you've gotten a hundred great ones, I mean, yeah. It took me a very long time to learn to read the negative ones. And try to find out if there's an actual constructive criticism in it, and then ignore it. Okay. Now take on board the constructiveness of it, if there is any. Yes. But if they're just saying, "Oh, you got a shitty voice," I'm going to ignore you. Okay. You know. So, but but yeah, it, it it's an interesting aspect of human nature that we get very very caught up in the negative. Yeah. And less about the positive. It's one of the things that people say about me on Twitter that always cracks me up. Every now and then, I'll get this comment from someone going, "You know, you're always negative on Twitter." And when they say that, I always go to my Twitter feed and like look the last couple hundred tweets. Yeah. It's almost 50-50 between me ranting and raving about some idiocy that I've seen yeah. to me posting pictures of cute dogs. Yeah. You know, or saying happy things. But you remember the negative more than you remember the positive. I'm going to keep that in mind across my week this week. See if, 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 if in fact I live that. A lot of people do. Mm. Well, you know, as a woman, when we, this is an issue with women on a regular basis. <clears throat> we, you and I have been going through this over the last three or four days. You think you're chubby. <laughs> I think I'm getting you chubby. You think you're getting chubby. I'm not chubby. It's I think very, I'm getting it's chubby. very funny, but also a little bit sad. <laughs> No, it's sad that from the point of view that, that we're so body conscious. I know. And we're so, we so compare ourselves to other people that it gets to be, and it's not for you, I'm not saying you're, you're like this, but it gets to be, that's the only thing you can think about. Yeah. You obsess over this. Especially women, girls. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, so Melissa's been running around going, I'm feeling chubby, I'm getting, I'm getting fat, I'm getting fat. And so I made her get on the, 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 the scale. <laughs> Um, yesterday, and she goes, see, see, I'm, I, I weigh this much. Can I say? Um, oh, yes, okay. yes. I weigh 138 pounds. Now, first of all, half the women in the audience are going, you bitch. 
<laughs> yeah, but I'm only little. You're, you're, yes, you're you're five. Well, you know, you're average height, five, five four. Okay, you're not five, even little. Four. You're you're average height. Oh, so average uh, five four hundred thirty eight pounds. That's fantastic. Okay. And the thing is, you're you're going. I'm so see see. I told you. And she'd gotten on the uh, the scale like three days before. She was one thirty seven. <laughs> So you'd gained a pound in four or five oh, days. Oh, it's all this homemade pasta. And then last night I made you get on the scale again. Mm-hmm. And you're like, see, I'm 137.4. You've lost weight. <laughs> it's so silly. Uh, and then this morning again, you made me get on again. So, all right, point taken. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I still remember the day in high school. It was grade 11. It was during basketball season. So it would have been September, October, November. <clears throat> I'm in the the weight room in the the school, um, and they had a scale there. They had one of those scales with the with the the weights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm pushing these weights back and forth, <clears throat> and I still remember that moment when the scale said that I weighed two hundred and one quarter pounds. I was like, "Today I am a man. <laughs> I weigh two hundred pounds." Wow, in grade eleven, and that was a big deal for me. That hitting that two hundred pound mark it was a psychological. I became a man that day in in my brain. I, oh went, my I weighed two hundred pounds. Wow! And now I'm gonna have to cut off body parts to get to do. <laughs> I'm going to have to be limbless. <laughs> There's no chance. Oh, no. If I could get to, I'm 250 now. If I could get to 220, that would be amazing. I'll I'm, have to I'm, put you back on the Wild Rose cleanse. Not a fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> and the other problem is because I'm the cook in the family. Uh-huh. There's no way I'm losing weight on, on There's food. There's no way. There's no and way. And I'm too lazy to exercise. It. So yeah, I'm you stuck are at, so lazy. I just, I just can't get much above 250 because even I notice it. You know, at 240, I think 240, I'm still, according to whatever Chart charts, is, uh, yes. I'm obese. Fuck off. What? Yeah, the BMI index says that for my height at 240, I'm obese. You... Not overweight, obese. Oh, that is just That's not. stupid. Oh, it's so stupid. You, you don't look overweight now. Exactly. But I do notice the extra weight because for men, like, I carry it around my stomach and I notice myself a little jiggly. Right. I don't like being jiggly. Right. Um. So yeah, if I could get to to two, I think two twenty five, two thirty, I'd I'd be very comfortable. But I'm I can't because I'm not going to fucking exercise. Well, I I'm thought you were, I thought eating. we were going to play racquetball, Mister King. That's not exercise. You... That's running around sweating and it's... breathing hard. What is exercise? And after racquetball, what are we going to do? We're going to go to the pub to have a beer. <laughs> I'm under. Yeah, the... but your system will be getting you know your metabolism and all that. Yeah, it's not going to work that way. Oh. Send us emails to dltu at yml.me. We got our friend uh, Lauren Finkelstein says, Oh my God, I've been using the men are stupid, women are crazy, but, but for like 10 years now. Do we come up with it independently? Did huh. one of us get it from the other? Mind blown. Huh. I bet he got it from me. Yeah. I know I've been saying it for a long time. Have you? Yes, absolutely. It's definitely been part of my repertoire for many, many okay, years. Okay, so Lauren, you got it from Sean. He said, by the way, there's something very funny about starting the show acknowledging that men are stupid and then later in the show saying the only law we need is one against stupid. <laughs> okay. I have no problem in Lauren says see you in jail. I have said <laughs> for many, many years that women should rule the world. Because if no, if nothing else, women will fuck it up differently than men. Let's let women fuck it up differently. Yes, give us a chance. Give us, give women a chance to give fuck us it a up. Chance. I, I don't doubt that they're going to fuck it up. They just fuck it up differently. Well, there were matriarchal societies, weren't there? At some point, yeah. 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 
But yeah, I, I really honestly believe we need, one of the things I've always said is you rarely, rarely ever see women get caught up in the sort of sex scandals that male, especially politicians, businessmen in power, regularly get caught up in. Yes. And it's because women think about sex completely differently oh, than men. utterly different. And you're fucking smarter than we are. Yes. You're probably better at hiding that shit than we are. Yes. Because we want to flaunt the fact that we're banging the little Twinkie. Yeah. It's very odd. I find that such an odd thing that, that men do that. I don't understand. Ruled <clears throat> by your penises. Oh, that I understand. I'm, I'm completely understanding. <laughs> I don't understand how in this day and age, with all the scrutiny that we are that people in power are under in any number of ways how men can still think they're going to get away with that shit yeah that that the woman that they're with isn't going to squeal on them that there isn't going to be a picture of them together of of phone records of of all that kind of stuff that you still think that you are you are so mentally inferior while simultaneously thinking you're superior that you think out of all the other guys out there you're the guy who can get away with Sleep with the intern. But you don't think with all this Me Too movement and everything that's going on that men are still at it? Oh, God, you? yes. Absolutely. And the worst part is men are still at it, but think they're being sneakier about it. Wow. Because men are that stupid. Oh, that's really stupid. I guarantee you that this that, that the Me Too movement, as wonderful movement it is, is not going to stop men from doing that shit. It's going to make it easier for women to report it. Yes. It's going to make it more dangerous for men to get caught doing it. Yes. But men are still going to do it. Because this whole thing c- comes out of the, the, the I think the, the watershed moment of sexual harassment was the Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas uh, Supreme Court stuff ba- back yes. in the 70s and 80s, 80s, mid 80s, <clears throat> when sexual harassment became, people went, wow, I'm not allowed to do that in the office? Oh, yeah, no. And look, we're 40 years later. 30 years later, mm-hmm. and it's still going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's in the Me Too movement. The other thing it'll do is hopefully allow women to speak up more freely, yeah. to be more confident that they're going to be A-believed mm. and that there's going to be penalties to those men. Yes. Because one of the issues is that women just aren't believed. I think they more are, so now they'll be. Yeah, but still, the, the, still this, the stat that 90% of all rapes don't get reported is still a terrifying stat. It is. Because women don't want to go through that. They don't want to go through the, well, you were you, you deserved it kind of thing. Yep. Um, and now we're talking about the, the incel movement, this involuntary celibacy movement, who, please, I want someone to introduce themselves to me as an incel so I can kick them right in the fucking nuts. Well, what is that? I don't it's know It's this that idea that... <clears throat> Men deserve sex from women. And these people call themselves incels. They're involuntarily celibate because women don't want to sleep with them for whatever reason. Generally, personality. Okay. And that they think they deserve a certain woman. They deserve women to sleep with them. Which oh. is a batshit fucking crazy I, way of thinking. Is this some reverse thing to the Me Too thing? I don't know. I've never heard of it before. It's been around for a long time, but it's only oh. only recently because of a couple incidents that people are recognizing the word incel. Okay. So. I remember recently watching film footage of Anita Hill's statement in court. Yeah. And it is quite something to yeah. watch her. She was so brave. Yep. And no Unreal. one believed her. No one believed her. And she was beautiful and brave. And she was so clear. It was incredible yep, what she right. did. And yet Clarence Thomas is on the Supreme Court and will be to the day he dies. 
as a useless justice. He's utterly useless as a justice. It was shown, I think, last year at some point that Clarence Thomas has said the equivalent of 10 words in his 25 years in the court. And yet there he He writes no judgments. He he, he has no presence whatsoever. He's a conservative member. He's a a reliable conservative member. You're guaranteed of getting his his vote on any kind of laws that are, that are conservative. He doesn't buck the norm tradition. He doesn't do anything other than what you completely expect him to do. And he literally never asks questions of lawyers. He just sits there and basically, how do you want me to vote? Okay, click. Oh, okay. He's a complete it's waste deplorable. of space. Okay. Our friend Glenn Thayer says, ah, yes, the stupid law. Double entendre is intended, enforced by the stupid police. When we sobered up, we realized that anyone not a part of the stupid police is, in fact, stupid and therefore should be killed. Uh, someone should have used that for a post-grad thesis, he says. Yeah. And he also wants to remind me that his dog, Buckaroo, was half poodle. Yes, Buckaroo was half poodle. He wasn't full poodle. So mm. Buckaroo, was a, Buckaroo was a very sweet dog. Very, very Aww. sweet dog. I lost him the last year. Aww. Our friend Scott Thrift down in Australia says, uh, Firstly, Sean, what the fuck? You're lucky Melissa hasn't kicked you to the curb or fed you to the friendly black bear. Talking about. I mean, I don't disagree with them. Okay. Uh, See, the thing is, Scott, mm. all you people out there, <laughs> Sarah and Scott, and all the people who disparage me on a regular basis, oh. don't understand that I have charms that aren't readily apparent. They don't. I can tell you all that he does. He really does. He has me completely bamboozled. Scott says, so I have zero experience of intimate relations with women, but I can safely say that men are fucking idiots and insane. Mm -hmm. We're just as bad, if not worse, than women at holding grudges, saying stupid, ill-conceived things, and just digging the hole deeper and deeper and deeper. I have a batshit crazy ex who is still clinging to issues from 20 years ago and causing me drama. Oh, dear. I totally agree that we all need classes to teach communication. We school children for 13 years, and they come out the other end unable to string together a coherent sentence, let alone have a conversation. Anyhow, thanks for another great podcast. Oh, and Melissa, if he's an idiot again, feed him to the bears. Feed him to the bear. See, now, I'm going to have to disagree with with Scott on this one. I I don't think... Women certainly can't hold grudges. No doubt about that. Yes. But... I don't think women say stupid, ill-conceived things in the same way men do. And I certainly don't believe they dig the hole deeper and deeper and deeper like men do. Because we'll keep, men will keep talking. When we know we've dug the hole, we'll keep trying to, we'll try to talk our way out of the hole. In the meantime, still digging the hole even deeper. Yeah. Do you, you, you think women do that? Oh, like under what circumstances are we talking here? Something well, the per- bitter? The per- something perfect what? example was the, uh, the the whole picture fiasco. I'm putting things in the wall. Where I tried to justify why I wanted to put those pictures in the wall. So you think that you kept digging a deeper hole by yes. trying to justify it? Yes. No, uh, no, I don't feel that that explanation was digging a deeper hole. I felt it was making things clearer for me. No, I think women... Uh, I don't know if they dig a deeper hole, but they hold on. Yes. And they, well, and they hold on, not even to grudges so much, they hold on to incidences it, that they then use X amount of time later. Like I said, I think I said it on last week's show, I don't allow things to be brought up that passed a week ago. If you haven't told me about the thing I did wrong yeah. mm-hmm. inside the week, you can't say, well, six months ago, no, I'll stop you right there and go, no, you can't do that. Because yes. A, I don't remember it. Yes. And B, that's not fair. Yes. Bringing up, if you had a problem with something I did six months ago, tell me six months ago. Fair enough. As opposed to, no, I'm just going to hold on to this for when I need it. You know, yeah. like I'm just going to keep the pin in this grenade until I need to pull it. 
Yeah, well, there's always this little, uh, from, for me as a woman, it goes back to that negativity thing. Yep. You can say all these things that uh, um, that are wonderful and beautiful, but there's one thing that'll be <gasps> that makes you feel less beautiful or less mm. intelligent or less desirable than another woman, either in your man's past or in, in another yeah. woman in yeah. general. And so that stays there mm. because you're always comparing, especially women. I yep. think women compare themselves to other women constantly. I agree. And so if that was a moment during a discussion or during some casual encounter like those photographs, it sticks with you and you just, you can't let go of it. And so if it comes up again and you get that same feeling, you'll go back to that incident from previous and you'll go, but you know what, when you said that in that moment, blah, blah, blah. Well, and the thing is though, that if your man, significant other has said wonderful, positive things to you for months or weeks or a thousand things that you are this beautiful, you are this beautiful, you are this beautiful. Mm -hmm. As soon as they say one thing, even inadvertently, that makes you think that you're less beautiful, it negates all that stuff in the past. It's all gone. It's all done. That's true for men too. That's absolutely true for for men too. But I've noticed it more with with women. Very much. Where I have have been lucky enough, touch wood, as as shitty as my life can be, I've been, I've known some beautiful, beautiful women. Mm -hmm. And I've told them that they're beautiful women because that's Mm -hmm. one thing men don't do enough. No. With their significant others is tell them how you feel, how how attractive they are. Mm -hmm. And all it takes is for me to say one thing inadvertently. Mm -hmm. I would never tell someone, no, you're ugly. But accidentally give that woman any indication that you, that those things that you said in the past weren't true mm-hmm. and it, it it tears down that whole house of cards it does because as a woman it's very very easy and i've had this happen to me to be manipulated by words and conned into an intimacy with a man mm. when and then he, it, it just ends up being deception and untruths yeah. and that sticks with you yeah. So <clears throat> let's do our advice section of the show. Dear Abby, I love this, this story. Dear Abby, I admit I'm a loud snorer. Mm-hmm. However, I was on a plane recently flying home after an exhausting trip. I fell asleep and my seatmate repeatedly woke me to complain about my snoring. Shouldn't the woman have let me sleep in peace if she thought, saw that I was generally tired? What made her needs greater than mine? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, speaking of, that's just ridiculous. (laughs) She's going to fucking wake you up. She's fucking snoring. It's awful. You wake up your spouse of of decades to shut them up. I love this story, this question, because it's so tone deaf. It's just, you're you're a moron. And I guarantee you, A, a guy wrote this, because guys generally are are snorers and louder snorers than men. But also, not only a guy would think that he has the right to interrupt not just the woman next to him, but I guarantee you, if you're that loud, the person in front of you, the person behind you, everyone around you yes. is all listening to you snore. Yes. And none of them want to listen to you snore. She took on the responsibility of getting you to quit snoring yep. for everybody else. And all she did was keep you awake. She didn't poke you in the eye. She didn't repeatedly punch you in the throat. She mm. did nothing except wake up. Right. Wake up. I'm awake. You're awake. Okay? <laughs> yes. The, the, but the thing is, the line, shouldn't she let me sleep in peace if she saw that I was genuinely tired? Uh-uh. How the fuck do I know you're genuinely tired? Oh, really? How do I know that you're exhausted and you're just not some guy sleeping on the plane? Yeah. So sit the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Flying is bad enough nowadays. Yes. It is an awful, horrendous procedure, process, event. Mm -hmm. I've always said I love having traveled, but I don't like traveling. No. You know, getting to the place, especially if you have to fly. If, you, if I'm driving, it's fine. Mm-hmm. If I have to fly someplace, oh, I, I, first of all, the, the shiny metal tube of death, not a fan. No. But everything from the moment you get out of the car at the airport all the way until you leave the other side is just an awful process. It is. So why, and I will try to find every possible way I can to minimize the awfulness. So why would I sit next to someone who's making this trip even more awful than it already is? I'm going to stick peanuts up your nose. I'm going to do something. You are going to stay awake, okay? <laughs> You're, the guy's lucky he wasn't with me. <laughs> he really is. Because it would have been really unpleasant then. Yes, I know you would have. But yeah, the idea that this guy thinks that One day Mr. Be... King will have to tell you all what he does on a plane when he's getting pissed off um, with whatever um, yeah. is happening. <laughs> Not happy. <laughs> Should I distance myself from my racist parents after they cut off my daughter's hair without permission? My white parents have never approved of my wife, who's born in Mexico. They also seem not to care for our daughters, their two grandchildren. A while back, they asked to take their granddaughters for the weekend. The girls were four and six at the time. Our daughters have always had long, dark hair down to their waists that my wife loves to put into ponytails or braids. When we went to pick up the girls up after the weekend, we found that my mother had decided the, decided the girls' hair was too much work and took the kids to the local barbershop. Their long hair was gone, replaced with very short military-style cuts above their ears. My wife was heartbroken but said little. My mother told me I was wrong to protest the haircuts and that they had done the girls a favor. My father laughed at me for being angry and told me the girls finally looked normal. My family seems entirely racist to me. I feel they are a danger to their granddaughters, who they did not seem to care for or about. Is estrangement merited? Estrangement. Well... Actually, they crossed a line by doing it in the first place, so I'm not quite sure if there's any way to make that work or mend it. These are my parents, <clears throat> and and you're an adult, and these are the people who raised you, who gave birth to you, who raised you, and therefore you have certain rights and obligations to speak honestly to them. Mm-hmm. If you can't be honest with your parents, with your family, then who can you be honest with? So- I go up to mom and dad and say, mom and dad, fuck you. Mm. These are my children. You don't raise them. I'm raising them. And I raise them however I want to raise them. If you don't like these kids, you say so. If you don't like my wife, you say so. But you do not get to do things like this mm. to them. You no. will not see these children on their own ever again. No. Because we don't know what you're going to do. No, I wouldn't. Maybe you think they need nose piercings. Yeah. We're not letting you see have, be alone with these children ever again. If you have a problem with that, then you're not going to see them at all. Mm-hmm. And guess what, Mom and Dad? I don't think that's going to be a problem for you either. I don't think you like these kids. And then see what Mom and Dad have to say. Yeah. But you have to let them know how utterly, not even inappropriate this was, but how utterly devastating. Now, granted, they're four and six. The hair's going to grow back. No, it's not about that. But it's not about that at all. No. No. No, that must have that would have broken his wife's heart. Yeah, absolutely. to have seen that she would have just been. It's going to take her forever to get over that. And I bet it did the same to the kids. Well, yeah, and they're com- in complete control of these grandparents. What are they going to say, the little ones? Because I remember taking my little brother Chucky to his first haircut. He was four, 
and he was terrified. Yeah. He was, and we, you know, we went, me and my, my, my two brothers, mom took us down to the local barbershop. Me, me and my brother being older, it was no big deal. Mm. But Chucky was terrified. Mm. He didn't know what a haircut was. So these little girls, four and six, probably never had a haircut before. No. And, and suddenly, it's a rite of passage for every mother and father. I mean, I still have Damon's first haircut, for heaven's sake. Really? Of course I do. Seriously? Oh, I do. <laughs> that's, that's very cute. That is very cute. Um, but yeah, you, I think you, you have to absolutely let the parents know that this was a, an utter breach of trust and that this was devastating to your wife and to you. And let them know if you don't like these kids, then that's fine. But you, you're never going to see them alone ever again. Well, it's not fine. But if the father, la- if the grandfather laughed, and if their attitude was already brushing it off, then no, no it seems like a lost cause. How very sad. Poor little ones. Dear Abby, my son's girlfriend confided to me that my son. Okay, my son's girlfriend confided to me that my son, age thirty-five is cross-dressing. I knew his life was in flux and that his appearance had changed, but it stunned me. He hasn't mentioned anything, and she said he would be very upset if I knew. When I saw him the same day, I made sure to hug him and tell him I love him. Please tell me what to do or say. Well, in the first place, the girlfriend had absolutely no right no whatsoever shit. to tell his mother that. That is his private business. Oh, my God. Um... And the mother should – oh, well, now I'm trying to think now what the mother should do. Not hug him and tell him everything's all right. No, Ma, I think mom he, did what – depends on how she did it. She said, I made sure to hug him and tell oh, him I love him. That's all you got to do. Well, that's it. You're fine, done. Fine, that's it. You don't have to just do anything else. And then you go to the girlfriend. Let it go and you say, don't tell me that shit. It's his life yeah. and it's not for you to share with me. You go to the girlfriend and you say, you've broken my son's trust. What other things are you doing? Yeah. Who else are you telling – this very intimate, private detail. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, no. Not a good girlfriend. Bad girlfriend. And it doesn't matter at what level the cross-dressing is, whether it's just fun, you know, wearing women's panties or full dresses or makeup, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. No. The level of it doesn't matter. The girlfriend should not. He's 35. Yeah, he can do what he likes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah he needs to drop her. Uh, luckily, dear Abby said, do nothing, say nothing. This isn't your business. And the girlfriend was wrong to betray your son's confidence. You said she needs, he needs to drop her. But do you, as the mother, get involved in that? Oh, no, I wouldn't. Oh, my God. I don't. I would never. Do you, do you think that there's, there's some sort of um, communication the mother should have with the son that you shouldn't trust the girlfriend? See, that's, uh, that's a little harder, isn't it? Well, I'm trying to put myself in the position of the mother. Uh, no, no, I, that's for him to find out. If she's going to betray him in that way, I don't know if I would even... I'm just trying to think if it was my son. No. Um, I would be wary, but I wouldn't want to get involved, and that's starting to go a bit deep and get too involved. It's your son. Do you, and every parent, at no matter what age they are, has that sense of the wanting to protect their children. That's, yes. That's what parents do. At what point does a parent step in and say to a child, their offspring, not a child as an age, but their offspring, 
and say, I know something bad's going to happen to you. Well, if it was a danger, I would do that if I felt that there was much more danger than in this situation. He yes. has he has to find these things out for himself. He's how old? 35? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't get that involved. But if I knew that there was something coming down that was potentially going to hurt him very deeply in terms of his health or a major life decision, yep. then, yeah. I think the most I would do is sit down with my son over a casual conversation. You just, you just come over for a lunch or coffee or things like yeah. that. And say, Tell me more about Susan. Yeah, how's it going with how's Susan? How's it going with Susan? You know, you're everything, happy. Exactly. Everything, everything good there? Yeah. yeah okay. You know, and 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 go along that. Still, I wouldn't say anything. Well, I'm glad you said that because she told me this awful secret about you. Mm, you no. don't want to have that conversation no, anyway no, with a no, kid. No, no, no. But but you you do. What do you know? No, you've had weird conversations with your kids, with your son. I have funny real life conversations with my son. I don't have deep. I don't ask him any deep. Oh, okay. Sort of, uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, I don't know about he, whether he's cross-dressing or he's sexual orientation. Well, I know his sexual orientation at this point in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm open. I'm very open with him as a young adult. He would come to me about anything. He would. This, I love this, this story um, from CBC News, Nova Scotia. Um, I'm from Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia, Canada. It's on the east coast of Canada. When someone says east coast of Canada, they don't mean fucking Toronto, Glenn. I always hate when people say, I've been to the east coast. Really where? Toronto. It's not the coast. Oh, Toronto's not on the coast. It's the fucking middle of the, the country. coast of a lake. Um, east coast of Canada. Beautiful. If, if, if any of my American friends uh, ever want a wonderful vacation um, where you're still in a country that speaks English... <laughs> You can go, go to Nova Scotia. You'll, you'll, I guarantee you'll love it, especially if you go this time of year, the spring, summer, and fall. Spectacularly beautiful. They don't speak English in Newfoundland, though, so if you go there, <laughs> <laughs> be prepared to not understand what people are I saying. I think the, the app Duolingo actually has a Newfoundland ver version of it. <laughs> Does it? Actually, that's not true, but they, they, they have, they have, Canadians, we generally don't have much of an accent, certainly mm. nothing like American regional accents, yeah. except for Newfoundland. And oh, Newfoundland, my God. And, we'll go back. Go back a French accent, but Newfoundland has this very, very thick dialect oh. of English that is wonderful. I love listening to it, but literally there are TV shows on that are that have Newfoundlanders in it and they have subtitles. Oh, yeah. Because they have to. Oh. One, uh, it, one of my favorite Newfoundland sayings is, Lord Thundering Jesus Boy, <laughs> which is Lord Thundering Jesus Boy. <laughs> but it's all one word, Lord Thundering Jesus Boy. <laughs> you do that very well. <laughs> I love Newfies. Absolutely. I've always, always, always loved Newfies. Um, and so the, uh, Nova Scotia is um, a wonderful province full of wonderful people, uh, great food, beautiful scenery. And we have the typical maritime attitude. And when I say maritime, I mean those people who live and work and make their living off of the ocean. So New England, the coastal areas of, of New England, of Ireland, of the UK, all those places. Uh, fishermen always have this kind of attitude. Um, this Cape Breton lottery couple has modest plans for their $1 million winnings. A million dollars in Cape Breton, they will live like kings the rest of their lives. Cape Breton is, is a very downtrodden area. It's beautiful, but it's also quite poor where my mom was from. They say, winning makes you realize what's really important in life, says Aaron and David Huntington. Um, the couple in their 50s, one son university, collected their check. Um, what was it? Was it the, 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 
As for what he's going to buy with the money, David's bucket list is simple. He wants to get a new set of golf clubs. <laughs> oh my gosh. She That's wants, so humble. She wants a new kitchen and wants to go to Ireland. Oh. Isn't that lovely? Oh, it's funny. You want to go to Ireland, but it's kind of similar to where she is yeah, now. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> but the interesting thing is we all talk about how, what would you do if you won the Powerball, like $500 million? You know, what if you won $100 million? What would you do if you won a million dollars? A million dollars really isn't enough it's not. to quit. Well, at our age, maybe in your once you're in your 50s, I think. You think maybe it would be enough to quit your job and live off the million dollars? Oh, yes, because I would pay off the house. Yeah. So then you have your shelter paid off, yeah. pay off the car, yeah. and then put it in investments and just, yeah. You think you'd live off a million dollars for the rest of your life? Well, I'd still get my pension, wouldn't I? Sure. I mean, you there you go. Job, yeah. We're yeah, done. Okay. We're not working. Okay. We're traveling and enjoying But obviously, ourselves. if you're in your 20s and 30s, you couldn't quit your job and live off the million dollars. Not not comfortably, not well. No. You're not You're not a millionaire. No. So if you only, I'm doing air quotes here, only got a million dollars, that's what you do? You, you pay off the house and... Well, yes, to decrease that monthly, all that monthly output. See, because for me, my dream always, if I won stupid amounts, Powerball amounts of money, like $300 million, I'm going to the Ferrari dealership and buying a fucking Ferrari. Well, yes, but that's if you win lots because and lots Because the Ferrari is a quarter, a quarter million dollars. I'd, yes. I'd be, if, it was only a mil, if we only won a million, I'd be blowing a, a quarter of that on a car, and you wouldn't mm, let me do that. Well, no, that's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. That is stupid. Or maybe I'd only work three days a week for a while until I, you know, reached a certain age. Yeah, I think you could l- live comfortably off of that. Not not lavishly. No. You could live comfortably off 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 a million dollars. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. And that being said, it always cracks me up how people who aren't regular lottery players mm-hmm. only buy lottery tickets when the amounts get up to in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh. When your odds are better, your odds are still fucking shit. Even for a million dollar Canadian 649 lottery. Yeah. But your odds are better winning that one and being able to live comfortably the rest of your life. Right. Then the $100 million ticket, which everyone and their dog is buying, and the odds are even more astronomical than usual. Yes. There's this funny psychological thing we'll do. I saw it in the States all the time. Um, when I talk, when these things came up and, 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 you know, the news was Powerball is up to $50 million. Are you going to buy a ticket? Nah, it's only 50 million. The fuck? <laughs> oh, I didn't, I see. I don't, I don't know people's attitudes towards this. I don't, things. the only time I buy lottery tickets is when I'm just feeling lucky. Right. And I, I found 10 bucks. Right. Like literally just reached my pocket and went, okay. I'll go buy know. a lottery. Okay. What's closer, the liquor store or the lottery store? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you can't even buy beer for 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 ten bucks anymore. That's what you and I do. We were we were at London Drugs a couple of, yeah. a couple of days ago, and you said something about being lucky. Well, because we were having a good day, and oh, all that's these right, things finding, yeah, happening, and then we got five dollars off because of the London yeah. Drugs thing that I'm. A, and I thought it's time for us to buy a lottery ticket, and we you had this money, and you went over and bought a lottery ticket, and it didn't matter what the amount was. It no, wasn't, it was, there was no psychological thing. Oh, I'm not going to buy it because it's only five million dollars. I don't. Do even you know even what, know how much no it clue, was? No clue what it was because I know anything we won. At that oh. level of a million dollars or higher, we'd be happier than pigs and poop. It would be so lovely. We are actually uh, just decided this morning, as a matter of fact, that um, we have been, um, I have been dreaming about traveling to uh, Lisbon, Portugal for a little over a year now. A, a business photography deal fell through 
I was going to teach my classes in Lisbon. So I did a lot of research on Lisbon. And I did not know, Lisbon's never been, Portugal's never been on my list of places I wanted to visit. But after reading a lot about it, about the history, about the people, about the architecture, the art, I really wanted to go to Lisbon. Mm -hmm. And so I was really getting psyched up to be able to teach my classes. Actually, this time, two years ago, uh, was when it was supposed to happen. And, and, And it fell through. So now I've still got all these dreams of Lisbon. And when I started talking to you about it, you thought, let's go to Lisbon. Mm-hmm. So our plan is next spring break, next March, late March, is to go, you and I are going to go two weeks, the whole time of spring break, yes. to Lisbon, Portugal. Yes. And then this morning, I had me going through my Instagram, and I showed this picture of the uh, the Duomo, the, uh, the, the church in uh, Florence, Italy. And you said, I've always wanted to go to Florence. Always. Not Italy. No. Florence. Florence. So now the plan is... We're going to do both. We are. We'll do a week. Just those two. Just a, just a week. Because you and I are, are not the kind of people who want to, you said, you know, five countries in six days. Oh, my God. No, no. I can't I travel the, like that. No, I hate that kind of travel. Mm. I would much rather go to one place or one or two places and stay there for a week yes. at a time. Yes. Um, my dream trip has always been to fly to Venice, rent a car in Venice, go to Slovenia. <laughs> Everyone makes the same face Melissa's is doing oh right now. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> what the fuck you want to go to Slovenia for? Okay. Because Slovenia, there's a, a motorcycle rental place in Slovenia oh, that rents yes. my motorcycle, the right. FJR 1300. Mm-hmm. Other places, you can, all kinds of places in Europe, you can rent motorcycles, but they're almost always BMWs. And there's nothing wrong with BMWs rentals. They're great bikes for those kind of rentals. But the thing for me is I would be going to strange roads and riding a strange bike, and I wouldn't be as comfortable. I don't, right. I, I don't know the, the braking characteristics, the turning characteristics of the bike. So being able to ride my motorcycle, my style of bike, in those in those roads would be make me a lot more comfortable. Plus, it'd be fucking fun. <laughs> so rent the car, go to Slovenia, and then take the motorcycle and and, and ride through northern Italy, all the wonderful, amazing roads. That would be an incredible Stop in trip. Medina to go to take the Ferrari tour. <laughs> go see the the Lamborghini factory, you know all those. Uh, I want to go to the uh, the uh, the front gate. It won't be open, but the front gates of the the Monza track, and just bow down before the Monza track. <laughs> um, so that that would be my, my dream trip. But we saw that we could rent an Italian car in Florence <laughs> for only thirty bucks a day and drive around. Now, that Italian car is a Fiat 500. (laughs) Keep in mind, Mr. King is a a very big man. You know, he's tall. It would be very funny to see me in a little Fiat 500. (laughs) You'd be happy, though. You'd be very happy. I'd be very happy. happy. I'd be fine. I'd fit in there, no problem. Yeah, yeah, no problem. (laughs) Put you in the trunk. Um, I think that'd be a blast. Yes. A week in Lisbon because we love the idea of Lisbon, especially the tile of Lisbon. I've seen a lot of those pictures of the tiles. And I did not know this about you until until we started getting to know each other better, that you love tiles. Well, I love tiles. I don't know why. Well, do you know why you love tiles? I don't know why I do. I don't know. I love them. It's not like when I was a kid, anyone in my house had pretty tiles, floors, or walls. No. But I've no, always loved tile I. more than paper, uh, wallpaper or oh, paint. Oh, no. Tiles have always appealed to me more. I'd love to, you know, I haven't had a lot of time in my life but it, to do this, but if I was going to... 
take up a craft or something, that's what I would want to do, tile mosaics mm. and, and tile the top of tables and things like that. I love it. Um, you can always do a um, Google search for Portuguese tile. Oh, and, so gorgeous. Uh, uh, cl- click on the images and see some of the most amazing, I think, it, I think it's called Azuleus. Azuleus. Um, and so we want to go and see the Portuguese. It's because it's on all the buildings. Oh, it's where they had the museum. And there's a National Museum of Tile. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so definitely want to go to there. And then uh, um, either fly or drive. I think we're going to have to fly. To Florence. To Florence. Yeah. Um, and then Florence, it's the Duomo. I want to go inside. Because when I was there last with the idiot, she didn't want to go inside the church. And why was that? Was there a reason? For that, just Who knows? oh, all right. Uh, but I want to go inside the church because I've seen pictures of it. It's beautiful, mm. and go up into the dome. Oh my god, dome, which is a fascinating piece of. Art. It's still is it finished? Oh yeah, it's finished. Yeah. It took three hundred years, but but it's finished. It's still the largest um, self-supporting dome in the world, uh, covering the most amount of, of space. A beautiful right. thing, right? Um, hmm. But then I think I think spending a couple of days in Florence. And then driving the car, driving to Pisa would be kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. Siena or Vieta. Mm-hmm. All those little tiny, small little hill towns are all around the Florence area. Oh, that would be Florence incredible. Area. And you can do it that. as day trips. Yes, yeah, so you could get up really early. That's right. Yeah, really early. Like you have to make the most of every yeah. day, every moment. Um, so that's what we're, that's what that's we're planning That's what to do the it. plan is. And you see it and you make it happen. I've just decided in this very moment. Uh-huh. While we're there, yes. we can still do this. See, it's harder to do your Mac Life show when we're on vacation. Right. Because I need the research, I need the computers, I need the interviews, all that kind of stuff. Mm. This, we can do sitting at a pub oh. in Florence or Lisbon. Oh, well, that would be amazing. But we're only going to do it for those people who subscribed to the show. Ah. And okay. sent us money. We could do lots of things between now and then, though. That, that. But what I'm saying is, we would just do "Don't Listen to Us" episodes just for those folks who have paid for those episodes. I agree. You're for on. those two weeks. For the, all right. And we could do it because there's guaranteed we will be in a pub every single day. Oh yes, yes. We can, that's something we could do. Yeah, a little cafes or something like Whatever. that. That'd be fun. Yes. Yes, no, it's a wonderful plan. Everybody who wants to come along with us can give you lovely um, recommendations. And, yes, and, and pictures. And pictures. I was going to say, can we do pictures? Absolutely. That would be amazing. Don't listen to us, Lisbon. I think that'd Don't be great. I just, I just, as as I'm Florence. thinking about it, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Sure. For but, us to do. Yeah. But we would be doing two shows or yeah. just do little bits along like oh, a every bit, day. Every day. Oh, sure. Every day. Because remember, folks, we're using um, um, the anchor.fm Anchor, yeah. website. But Anchor's got a really cool iPhone app, too. Yes. That we could do the show on the iPhone. As we're driving the car to yeah. someplace, yeah. we can do an Anchor episode of where we're going, what we did, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It could be just five, ten minutes. Yeah. And then from the phone, post it to Anchor. Okay. And people will get notice, notices of it on Anchor. Yeah. We were going to do this in Australia, weren't we? But, but my computer didn't my, work yeah, out my, very my, well. My, my, and I broke too my bad. computer. So yeah, I think that's what we'll do. Oh, yes. Absolutely. We'll, we'll set up a PayPal account and folks can PayPal us like 
five bucks. Oh yeah, five. Do you think five bucks? Five bucks, five bucks is bucks reasonable. Yeah. And that helped pay for pay for the trip too. Absolutely. Imagine if we had enough money to pay for the trip. Oh my gosh, Sean. Wouldn't well, that would cool? be a gift. That would be a beautiful, amazing gift. But otherwise, we'll work and we'll save and we'll do it. That's what you do. I said to you, you know, when I was a young woman and I was in Australia uh, dreaming of my travels and I was working three, at one point I had three jobs at one time because it was my sole focus was, was to, was to well, to mm. save. And at that time you could buy a round-the-world ticket for $1,000. Really? I got a round-the-world ticket for $1,000. So I did not know that. Seriously? Mm. Holy crap. Seriously. So for the year you could just keep going on that ticket. On, on one particular airline or, or what? Oh, God, I forget now. I forget what airline. That's amazing. I didn't realize that, that you could do that. Yep. Well, it's one of those things that I've always been a firm believer that travel makes you a better person. If uh, Yes, yes, I most think, people. I, I think the people that I've met in my life who I like are ones who have traveled. Yes. This is very, very rare do I actually like someone who hasn't um, traveled outside of their own country, um, around the world someplace. Um, not around the world, sorry, but but who wants to travel if nothing else. Yes. Maybe they can't, but they want to but travel. they want to. Because I think people who do are naturally outward looking and are more open, open. to new experiences. It's open, open. Mm-hmm. Um, people who don't travel I always find just very, very weird and creepy. I, I just... Not, not a whole big fan of people who aren't travelers. Um, so the, I've been I've been stalling, looking for this quote. I love this uh, quote from Mark Twain: "Travel is fatal. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime." Yes. You get to see other people who aren't you. Mm-hmm. You get to see other things, buildings, cars, streets, food, views, mountains that aren't yours. Mm-hmm. And they make you realize that we as human beings are simultaneously wonderfully different and wonderfully the same. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I've often heard people complain about the French. Oh, the French are always so rude. No, they're not. I've been oh. to France many, many times. Never once been had anyone be rude to me. Unless I was rude to them first. Oh, yes. I don't know where that came from. It comes, I feel from, like a, it comes from the loud American. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I feel like it's an American thing. It comes um, from the loud Americans who the French then are rude to because they're because loud, they Americans. Like loud Americans. And right. then the loud Americans come home and go, the French were rude to me. They don't yeah. say, I was really loud and the French were rude to me. Yeah. You know, they ignore, they, they, don't, they don't even know they're being loud. No, they don't. For that matter. No, they don't. The only time anyone's ever been rude to me was when I was stupid or rude to them first. And that's, I don't do that when I'm traveling, so hmm. it doesn't happen. Hmm. You're more, you, as individuals, travel teaches you and it's taught me that people around the world are generally good. Yes. Now, one of the downsides of that philosophy is that I've generally only traveled in places that are touristy. Mm. Now, when I went to Paris, I didn't go to the 16th of Redoncement and you know, walk the streets. I was at the Eiffel Tower. Mm. I was at the Louvre. Mm. You know, those are people who are dependent on tourist dollars, so they're going to be nice to tourists. Mm. Now, you 
have traveled places that aren't tourists, yeah. India and Nepal. Yeah. Did you find people nice there? Well, we were, I was scammed. I was taken advantage of mm-hmm. in India. So I still think about that. So you just... So the answer is no. <laughs> well, you're, no, you're, people you're, were you're wonderful. You're blowing my thesis all to hell. Well, I was scammed, but you just have to be wary because these are people that live in countries where they have nothing. Yeah. So they're going to do any. It's not like uh, it's not like I was going to be killed or anything like that. But you know, anyway, I was scammed. But overall, um, in India, I had incredible experiences. Incredible. It was amazing. I'll never forget it. I think one of the things you have to do when you travel is. At least spend some time outside the touristy areas. No, I Don't was... just go to just the tourist areas. Walk around a corner. Walk through. When, when, when I was in Italy, there would be literally, you're driving along the road on the highway. And off in the distance, you'd see this little hill town. And I'd be like, I'm going to go over there. Oh, where, yeah. Where, where is it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's there? I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go there. And you drove that little town. And there was, that's, where, that's how I discovered this little town called Orvieto. Um. Literally, the, the sign on the highway said, Orvieto, next next exit. Okay, what's there? I don't know. It's just got a great name, Orvieto. Hmm. We went, and like a lot of the hill towns in Italy, you can't drive in the town because they're, the streets are so small and narrow. Mm-hmm. Only people who have permits are allowed to drive in the town. So you park your, your car at the bottom of this little hill, and you walk upstairs or take a bus or whatever it is. And you go into Orvieto, and you go around the corner, and there's this massive cathedral. Just spectacularly beautiful building that I is probably the prettiest non-touristy building that I had seen mm-hmm. in all of Italy, and just marvel it. And then we went and we had coffee at a, or had lunch at a little tiny restaurant and wandered around the streets. And this was a town. This was not a touristy town, so the people who were there were shopping for their own supper, or it was very. Natural, I guess is the only word. And we, I had someone. They don't speak French. They don't speak English. We, we, I didn't speak Italian, and yet people were friendly and, and kind. And, and you know, what, what, what is this? Mm. And they would explain it to you as best mm-hmm. they could. Mm-hmm. Off the beaten track. Oh yes, no, I agree. I love to travel like that. <clears throat> so we've we've decided that we're going to, um, yeah. If you get a chance, do a Google search for Orvieto Cathedral. It's a, a beautiful, beautiful building. That, uh, I think you have to respect other cultures too. I think, I mean, I, I, I'm not, uh, for example, in India, I covered my head, I covered my, sure, yeah. I covered my upper arms, I wore long pants. It was 50 degrees out Celsius, <laughs> but I. It was about 120 Fahrenheit. Yeah, I was, I was very, very aware of their culture in yeah. regards to women being covered. And so now here's a question. What I did. How did you learn about that? Well, I'd always wanted to go to India all my life. Yeah, but how so. did you know about the, the, these cultural restrictions? I, I just naturally felt it. I covered my head because I have red hair. I have light eyes, which having the light eyes still created difficulties. And then I know that this part of the arm is a, a sexual part of the arm. The tricep. Yeah, under the tricep. That's why the saris have long sleeves down to the floor. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's so. And I, no matter how hot I got, I never uh, felt that I. Sh- sh- whereas I went there, and there were young women in quite in in stages of undress, like no. they had little tiny shorts on, no bra, 
riding along in the rickshaw and I was going, oh, geez, come on, because <laughs> they blew my, that I insisted on. Indian women were dressed like that? No, no, no. Ah, no. North American uh, women. Young women that were traveling. And it just kind of, but, but I just think you need to respect that. I think that one of the things that I've always wanted um, airlines to do, because where most of us are flying into these places, mm. instead of having that, that stupid safety card in the seat back that no one ever reads, mm-hmm. have customs and traditions. Mm. We talked about this on, on, on another segment of the show. Just little customs and traditions of what d- 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 do's and don'ts. Yeah. Into, into this country. The other thing we, that we can do is that at customs, because you have to go through customs for all these countries, mm-hmm. you got to take a test. <laughs> they pull you off to the side and they give you a little test of what should you do in this situation. Well, I think that's an amazing idea. We, we don't. We, what I do whenever I travel to any country, it doesn't matter whether it's English speaking or not, Western or not, I go on the internet. There's a wonderful resource. Mm-hmm. And just, first of all, read the country's Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. We were talking about uh, the a little country called San Marino, which is uh, an enclave in uh, surrounded by, by Italy. That's what I'll do. I'll go and read about it. I'll read about their politics. I'll read about their customs and traditions. Do Google searches about it. Just find out information about the place. Don't just blindly go and then find out once you get to the place that you either didn't bring the, bring the wrong stuff or you're offending people or you know, yeah. wh- whatever it is. Yeah. Take some responsibility for your travel. I agree. Yeah. And it's no, I'm not judging culture. I'm not, I just no. think that there, but as much as possible, you try and be respectful and yep. yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did. So that's it. Next middle of March, don't listen to us. We'll be in Lisbon. Yes. That's don't listen right. to us from Florence, Italy. That's right. That's right. That's going to be cool. It's going to be. That's going to be very cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, uh, as always, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. Don't listen to us at yml.me. We're going to um, get out of here. We, I, we've got gardening to do. Are, are we going to go to Rona first? Either way. No, it makes a difference. Why? Because if we go to Rona, we get to go on the motorcycle. Yeah. But we can go to Rona first. Sure. Give me a reward so when I come back, I'll do the I'll do the yard work. Okay, you're, you're making everybody think I'm forcing you to do yard work. She's not, you do teasing. not have to do I'm yard teasing. work. I'm teasing. I actually like. I actually Weaver. don't force Mr. King to do she anything does not. much. She does not. You, you like doing the lawnmower. Well, yeah, it's satisfying, and it's like we have this beautiful little yard. It's nothing, nothing big. And so. I like doing the weed whacking. So okay, so you can be the weed whacker, and I'll be the lawnmower. Div- perfectly good division of labor. <laughs> As always, I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And you've been listening to Don't Listen to Us. See ya. Bye.